before I do, uh, Elliot and Kristen are going to share our church app and Facebook after the service. So if you can stay after nine o'clock, well, that'll no. Hallelujah. They're, they've come over here tonight to share, mostly to see me. But uh, but they're all, while they're here, they're going to graze by the app and. Who are you anyway? I don't know. Where's an usher when you need one? Praise God. So I've got, I've got a message tonight. I, I had it Sunday and I simmered on it and looked at it and, and uh, went the other way. But tonight we're going to, we're going to, this is the title. It may change by nine o'clock, but right now it's, are you sure your money is good with God? Am I sure my money is good with God? You think, well, that's a crazy title. It's exactly accurate. Because we all want to know our money is good with God. We like our money. Okay, I was wondering if there was an honest, an honest person in the house. Hallelujah. Yeah, we know, we know. So, uh, and so we, we interact with our money with the, with the Lord. We, we have a, rela- a relationship. We have an arrangement with our money. We don't just go do what we want to and give him the kick out. We consult and we follow and we obey and we adhere and we like to know that he's pleased with how we handle our money because there's such amazing promises concerning our money. And one of them is basically is instead of working all your life to get us to get a, a, a laborer's wage, he said, if you'll invest, invest in the kingdom, that you'll have more than you could ever get the other way and you'll be happy with it. Amen. You won't be killing your boss or stuff like that. So uh, look in Luke chapter one. We're going to go pretty fast tonight. So you may not get all the scriptures, but it, it, it write down the scripture and then you can look it up later. Luke one. Luke one is the uh, is the talking about Mary, the mother, the, the Lord Jesus. And it says in verse forty five after. uh after she had been uh, met with the angel and he told her the plan that she was the one and she said, be it done unto me according to your word. And then in, in, down in verse 45, uh, uh, 44, it says, the, the babe leaped in my womb for joy and blessed is she that believed for there shall be, here it is, read it with me, for there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Let's read it again. For there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. Now I'm telling you, you can go as fast as you want in the kingdom, but you'll go faster if you will believe there shall be a performance of those things which the Lord told you. Amen. You, just, you just can't lose with that. It's... Uh, the Lord gives you a word, whether it's out of the scriptures and you read it and all of a sudden you you have a, you have revelation. You, there's a, a grace that comes on. You know, that's for me, even though it was for everybody and everybody read it. You knew that was the word for right now. Do you all have little places all over your Bible where you said this is and got a date on it? Well, here she said there shall be a performance of those things which were told her from the Lord. The Amplified said and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her by the Lord. Now, how many promises do you have? How many things do you have in your life where the Lord 
by that still small voice or by utterance from somebody else, thus saith the Lord, or, or just someone stood up and prophesied, said all of us are this, that you said there shall be a performance of those things which I just heard. I mean, it, it hooks you in if you'll do that instead of saying, well, I'll think about that and we'll see what'll happen and everything. And all of a sudden someone lets go to lunch and it's over, it, 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 it's, it's gone. It's, a, it's the qualifier. Say it with me. The qualifier, better. The qualifier. When you and I embrace the word that's particular and specific and unique, personal to you, and say, that's me. That's who I am. That's what I'll have. That's what I'll do. It qualifies you to have that promise. And people say, well, how come nothing happens for me? Well, it's never the big things. It's never where well, you wouldn't go to Afghanistan and you wouldn't go to Kuwait or whatever. It's just that we did not embrace the word of the Lord. We didn't give value and worth to it. Therefore, we just said, well, we'll see. We'll see. If that's God, it'll happen, which is not even true. So we have to recover from what was spoken that the word contradicts. Because right here was an intervention. This had never happened before. The Virgin Mary was fixing to change history for everything. And, and, and he just said, are you up to it, girl? And she said, let it happen to me according to the word of the Lord. So it's it. Proverbs 32, 13. Pro Proverbs 13. We have to recover from the things we thought and believed and defaulted to. Proverbs 13. I got to go faster than this, but we'll get we'll get the wheels up here in just a second. Verse 22 says. Let's read it together. Verse 22. Ready, read. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. So, is there a performance of that word to you tonight? It's to you, it's to me, it's to Joey, it's to Melissa, it's to, it's to each one of us. He said there, uh, a man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. That could change your life based not on the power of the word, not on what the Lord was saying back then, but on how you interact with it. If there's a transaction, it can be the most powerful word to this day that you've ever had. Amen. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for me, the righteous. The wealth, the wealth, not the drippings and not the scatters, but the wealth of the sinner. Well, yeah, buddy, that's some money. That's some stuff is laid up, not just laying around, but laid up for me. Now, if, you, if you'd run that or lap or six around in your head and then let it drop down here in your faith bucket, you'd be looking for something. And you're like, well, I've heard that scripture. I know that scripture's in there. But revelation, when it comes, it changes. Because revelation is when you see it and seize it. Amen. So the word leaveth, a good man leaveth is the word bequeaths. So that's kind of got an inheritance and a will type thing. 
And it says the wealth of the sinner is laid up. Now that word laid up, I looked it up because I knew you'd want me to. And it means hidden and protected and kept secret. So the Lord's laid up stuff for me and for you, for anyone, for whosoever will, that he's hidden it and he's uh, protected it. Some scoundrel didn't come by and get it and cheat you out of what the Lord had laid up that you'd sowed for, that you'd planted for. And there it is. The Lord said that's where it's going to be. And some some devil came by and got it. It, it. The word has it protected and it has hidden. You don't know it's there. They don't know it's there, but it's there. Yes. Are y'all getting this? Yes. So the wealth of the sinner, the unbeliever is what that really means. The unbeliever is laid up for the righteous. Uh, no doubt what this verse is saying is, is all of us want to be able to control our money. We hate the thief. We hate stupid, too, when we do something, a bonehead play, and, you know, and we don't like that, and we, it costs us, and it's, we have to make it up and tend to it. But he said there, everybody, everybody wants to protect their wealth. Everybody wants to uh, control their wealth. That's why we, we want an inheritance. It's not really so much talking there about your children or children's children. It's talking about both children and children's children, but it's talking about... Uh, that we want that. That's, that's one of the motivations in our life is to leave something for our children, to mark our place on earth. I was here and my kids can verify I was here that I was a good man, a generous man, a benevolent man, a charitable man. Uh, but then he contrasts, it says, uh, but the wealth of the sinner can't control his wealth. Y'all get this. The righteous, a good man, can control his wealth, his stuff. But it says here, the contrast of that is the sinner cannot. This is real big. He cannot, and so much can he not that the Lord can direct it to where it belongs. So that you don't have to go, well, I work for a $100 an hour and I work 10 hours, so that's $1,000. You don't have to do that. You can just be the one that the wealth of the wicked poured in according to your seed. Nobody, you don't know how much seed. I, I figured up my seed the other day from 1981. I got the Holy Ghost in 1980 and I'd written down how much. And I personally, I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you, there's seed out there. I've got $722,000 of seed in the ground in the last 40-something years. Well, you probably do, maybe more. It doesn't matter. It's just that we can go to something and point and say, I am a seed sower, and I have a harvest based on my seed. Amen. Well, it was one-to-one. -one. That's a pretty good little dab, but it's way more than that. And so uh, I wanted to know. I wanted to know if I was a giver. Well, the Bible says that, uh, that uh, uh, the blessing of the Lord maketh rich, and he what? Addeth no sorrow. Well, the sinner's got sorrow because he's got deals that were made and done and, and, and in, the, in the sack. And then they fell apart at the last minute. And then we've got stuff. We go, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And suddenly the door opens, the windows open, and suddenly the answer has come. 
So there's transaction behind the scenes. And we go back to that scripture that says, blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of those things who were spoken to her from the Lord. Well, the Lord's speaking to you right here. You go, well, that's not me. Sure it is. If it's not you, who? Well, it is me. Would y'all agree with me? It's me. It's me. Let me just read this one to you. It's in Ecclesiastes. It's in chapter 2, verse 26. I will tell you, the sinner can't hold on to his stuff. He makes money coming and going. The wealth of the, of the sinner is stored up, is stored up, is set aside and hidden and protected for the one that wants to do right, a good man. Ecclesiastes 2.26 says, For God giveth to a man that is good in his sight, God giveth to a man who is good in his sight, wisdom and knowledge and joy. But to the sinner he giveth travail. To gather, what's travail? For him it's to gather and to heap up. You know, the sinner is after one thing. Money, money, money. I mean, really. Money is power, money is everything, control. So it gives him great travail that that he, he, that he gathers and heaps up. Why? That he may give to him that is good before God. You talk about the ultimate disappointment. You know, if you're going to give it, give it to your drinking buddy so they'll be giving it back to you. No, he gives it to them that are, that are right. Uh, the NET version says, but to the sinner he gives the task of amassing wealth. I like that. Only to give it to the one who pleases God. We got any God pleasers in the house. So the Lord is behind the scenes working on your stuff right now. So, well, you didn't come to church Sunday and you had a bad, you, you said a naughty word on Tuesday and, and you talked about somebody on Thursday and whatever, whatever people do makes no difference. Our seed is behind the scene working. Not because we're good, but because our seed is good. And the covenant is working in our behalf. Let me read this one to you. This is in Haggai. I sure don't want you going there. We, we might not ever get you back. In 1.6, it says, uh, the, prophet tells, the prophet Haggai tells the people, listen to this. He said, listen, ye have sown much and bring in little. Ye eat, but ye have not enough. But ye are not filled with drink. Ye clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put it into a bag with holes. That's the scripture I finally found. So, so bless his heart. He's working day and night. And then taking overtime and working the weekends and all that. And as a sinner, or someone that thinks like a sinner, let's, you know, you could be born again and think like a sinner. Do y'all remember those days? We absolutely did think like a sinner when we started out. Uh, if you can, get all you can. Can all you get and sit on the can. That's how the world thinks. But we don't think that way anymore. We are generous. We are generous because there's plenty more where that came from. It's like out the door, it doesn't matter. So I have deduced from these scriptures and many more, just like you, that the kingdom is self-funding. 
It funds it from two directions. It funds it from the unrighteous. We just, we just read that. The wealth of the sinner, the unbeliever, is stored up for the righteous. And then it's funded by the righteous. That we have all sufficiency in all things, that we abound to every good work. We just can't wait to get to church or to the homeless place or wherever to, to give the money. The uh, kingdom is self-funding. So you don't have to fund it. So you're funding it not because the kingdom needs funding. If they stand up in church and say, oh, y'all need to give because, you know, if you don't give, there's no telling what will happen. Well, their pants are on fire. You just smell for smoke. Hallelujah. Uh, Philippians 2.9. Turn there, if you would. Philippians 2.9. Are you sure your money is good with God? That's what we're talking about. Well, why do you have to preach on money all the time? Because you're thinking about it all the time. All of us are. Philippians 2, verse 9. It talks about the Lord Jesus here. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him. What happens when you're highly exalted? He's given him a name which is above every name. What does that do? That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Here it is. Of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. The Lord Jesus has got us covered. He's in every area. There's nothing that's out of your reach. When we exalt him, when we make him Lord of our life, the principles of the kingdom are energized in our life. He's the axis. He's the hub. He's the center of everything. There, this is not a business proposition. This isn't a uh, a money scheme. This isn't of how you get money out of, out of God. I go to church and, and it, because it pays so good. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. And we're not doing anything here, promoting anything that does not exalt him. Turn with me to James chapter 4. I told you we had a few, but we're going to rest in James a, a few minutes. James chapter 4. Now, we're, we've been in the Old Testament a lot. Let's get over here in the new, where that's where the life of God is. And let's read chapter 5, 1 through 5. I'll read, you just follow along, and then we'll get in it together. Uh, James is talking to uh, rich men here, but we want to make sure that we don't think that, that rich men, we don't want to stereotype. I can tell you the Lord doesn't like us to stereotype to say those people. We don't want to be stereotyped. Well, that's that church. You know how churches are. Or that's that Christian. Or that's how that pastor. I've been hurt by a pastor. Well, join the club. I don't know anybody that hadn't been dinged by a pastor, an elder, a deacon, or a Christian, or just a busybody that happened to fall into church last Sunday. Everybody's got a history and, and, a, and, a, and a tale to tell. But we've also run into you. <laughs> and it was scary. We went home and, re yeah, it was scary. But in James, uh, let's, let's go back up into verse 13. That, that'd be better. Let's get a context here of what James, the brother of the Lord Jesus, what he's saying. He said, go now, ye that say today or tomorrow, we will go into such a city and continue there a year 
and buy and sell and get gain. And then here comes the rebuke. Whereas ye know not what ye shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Boy, that'll put you in your place, won't it? I am so important. No, we just breathed in the cold and you were there and then you were gone. For that ye ought to say, here's the, here's the correction, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boasting. All such rejoicing is evil. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. So there's correction here. And it's general, it's broad. He said, don't assume that you've got any lordship of your own and that you're going to plan or instigate or revelate anything on your own. <laughs> the Lord sets the boundaries. Amen. And we just flow. And then he said in verse one, he, he, he gets out a bigger stick, I think. He said, go to now, ye rich men. Rich men. This would be carnal Christians or sinners. It's not talking about everybody that's got some stuff. These people are in the church, aren't they? And James talking to Christians. He said, go now, ye rich men, ye rich sinners. Weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Well, this is where bad doctrine is brought. Well, the rich, here, there, you know, if you, if you got something, you know, you're, you're just a, you're, a, you're an epidemic. If you've got money, if you've got stuff, you're just bad. And they start painting everything that's got money with a brush. But that's not what the word says, and that's not what God thinks. Your riches are corrupted. The word there is putrefied. Corrupted is a way nice word. And your garments are moth-eaten. He's talking to the rich here. So he's talking about some spiritual things, isn't he? Your gold and silver is cankered. Uh, the word there is rusted. Rusted is, a, is a, a state of being where things that are rusting are inactive. Idled. Decaying to where you can't even use them. You let something sit up, you put a wrench out in the rain for a week or six and, and you'll be throwing that thing into the fishing box for a weight. Your gold and silver is cankered and the rest of them shall be a witness against you. And ye shall eat your flesh as it were, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Say last days. Last days. Last days. So he, he, is, he is leaning into these people that are in the church, that are, that, are, that are looking for the way. And he said, there's a big, big problem with y'all that you're going to have to get around. Remember over there in uh, somewhere around Matthew 10 where uh, the Lord talked to his disciples and said about the, the, the rope and the, and the knee, knee of, the, knee of the, the, the eye of the needle and a rope. It's easier for a rope to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to inherit the kingdom. Remember when he said that? And so the disciples popped up and said, well, what about us? Obviously, he hit a nerve of some well-to-do men. Why else would you squawk? <laughs> and the Lord set them all straight there. So you have heaped treasure together for the last ice. Behold, and here he nails them. Behold the hire, the wages, the pay 
of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Now I looked, I've never known what Sabaoth meant, but it's a military term and it's talking about the, the epitaph of the Lord in his army. It's, it's, a, it's a military sense. So he's saying, not only have you just ticked me off, you got, you got me in my armor and my weapon and my stuff and you've ticked that off. He said, ye have lived in pleasure. The word there is to be indulged in luxury on the earth. You have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton. Do you all know what wanton means? It means to live in absolute pleasure. It's, it, the word is decadent, without regard to anybody. Ye have lived and have been wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. The word slaughter there is like just what it says. It's, uh, it's bad. Hallelujah. So the Passion Version says, here you are boasting in your ignorance for to be presumptuous about what you'll do tomorrow is evil. So if you know of an opportunity to do the right thing today, yet you refrain from it, you're guilty of sin. So he's talking to the rich people, but he's laying the course down, the foundation that says, if you know to give and you don't do it, for you it's sin. But he's saying that to everybody. He's not saying it just to the rich, but he is singling them out because the rich often, or anybody that's empowered, think that they're above. Don't they? Isn't that a common characteristic of the rich and the powerful and all that? is they think this stuff doesn't apply to me. We see that politically in our nation and everywhere else where rules for you, but not for me. Uh, hallelujah. So I want to I talk about, we just got a few minutes, talk about wealth in your life. And the question we would ask here after all these scriptures is that does God steal or take or purloin wealth from the sinner? Is he always yanking it out from the sinner's hand and saying this is justified because y'all are sinners? Aren't y'all glad he didn't do that to us when we were sinners? We might not have ever been anything more. So that's not what the Lord does. But there's a legal basis for everything in the kingdom of God. So does God steal from anyone? Does he steal from sinners? No. So we have to justify, we have to, we have to reconcile these scriptures because James is, he's, he's, he's saving them. He's saving these rich people who, and we say this, it's better to be a, a, a drunk in the gutter and, not, and know you need Jesus than to be a wealthy high, high, high upper in the church and think that you're okay and both of them are going to hell. It'd be better to be needy. And so uh, let's look in verse four, right there. Chapter five, verse four. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud. Y'all ever heard of the wealthy cheating their help? Or being oppressive? Or being unfair? 
or not caring what they're going through and everything because me and my house are okay. We don't care about you. Well, that was going on back then. Can you all imagine how the Word of God talks to every generation then and now? It's, it's like, really, I thought we were in the modern times. Not so much. Hallelujah. So uh, I noticed there in, in uh, verse 1, he said, Go to now, you rich men, weep and howl, shriek, for your miseries that shall come upon you. I've noticed there, you probably did too, that money does not insulate you from trouble. The rich think that it does. It's a, it's a, it's a mindset that they have is that I'm insulated from trouble. I can buy my way, way out of it. And uh, it doesn't prepare people for trouble. No matter what money you have, if you get a condition that sends you to the hospital, they're liable to put you in a room with a guy that they hoisted up out of the gutter and said he's homeless and put him in next to you. Because it's kind of like heaven. There's no favoritism there in the hospital. Everybody gets it. So, uh, but riches can deceive you into a false security. Well, we should stay away from riches then. No. Just don't be lulled into a, soft, a, a, a false security. Uh, in verse 3, I, I got it in the Passion. I'm kind of everywhere right here, but I wanna, I, I'm kind of in a hurry. It says, your gold and silver is cankered, and the rest of them shall be a witness against you. The Passion says, you have hoarded up treasure for the last days, but it will become a fire to burn your flesh. The the rest of that King James says, ye have heaped up treasure for the last days. The Lord's real, he's real interested in the last days. He's, he's aware of the times. He's aware of the hour. It's not like it's always been this way, it'll always be this way. He's aware of the hour. And when he's particularly aware of an hour, things get a little bit tighter and they get a little uh, more uh, important. He said, don't be messing around in the last days. I made you wealthy to fund the last days. Amen. 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 So that's, that's who we are. Uh, the hire of the laborers, verse 4. Behold the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. Well, he's... Uh, He's, he's talking about people that have either, have y'all got family members that were cheated and, and roughshod run over them or, and then they died? And it's like they never got justice. Lots of people don't get justice. But here, James says by Holy Ghost, the Lord knows about that injustice and he's not happy with it. And he's sorry that they died without their justice. Uh, in Hebrews, it says, a lot of people that walked in faith did not have justice, but they will in, in their life. So in verse four, he said, uh, the hire of the laborers crieth. Let's just take the middle part out there. The hire of the laborers crieth. I'm here to tell you this evening that injustice has a voice and money has a voice. We're, gonna, we're, we're, we're looking into something that's more than I make this much and we spend that much and we take what's left over and we do this much. We have to get out of that mindset. We are not those people. 
We are not those people. Well, what's the difference? Only that we know we're not those people. If you don't know it, it doesn't matter what the justice is. You could die without justice because you didn't know and you didn't go. So you got to wake up. Wake up, Michael. Wake up. There's more on the table, but you, you're not looking. You got your head down saying, oh, woe is me. Poor us. We, the Lord don't care. The Lord he just lets us go and it's okay. Yes, he does. But he needs us to wake up. And James is telling us, wake up. He said, the, the wages crieth. Uh, I looked up the, what else cries. Not everything that cries has a mouth. Right here it says these wages, these laborers crieth. But I looked up in Genesis 4.10, it says the blood of Abel crieth. I looked up uh, Luke 19.40, it says that, that if we won't worship God, the rocks will cry out. That's a sight, isn't it? Hallelujah. In Hebrews 12, it says the blood of Jesus crieth out. So this money is crying out. Money you've been cheated, money that didn't come in, money that you didn't believe for. It still, it still is out there. And I told you about that vast figure that I've given in 40 something years. I mean, it ought to be something. Some years it wasn't much. You know, when you first start out, it's, it's little. <laughs> uh, uh, but the money is protesting. What is it protesting? What is money protesting? Injustice. It's saying, that's right, I am in the wrong place. The wealth of the sinner is in the wrong place. It's stored up for the righteous. Uh, yeah. So the number one reason that God doesn't steal money from the sinner is because the labor is worthy of his hire. And we labored in the harvest. Are y'all laboring in the harvest? Yes. We're not giving it to turn on the lights here and just meet and have a talk and come listen to him or listen to her. That's not why we're here. We're, we are in the harvest. We're in the harvest. I'm in the harvest. If it's some days you don't see somebody, but you just, you just hold your vessel. You just don't do what you could do. And so you're there for another day. Number two, the reason that God does not steal from anybody is in 1 Corinthians 10, 26. Oh, I'll just read it to you. It says, for the Lord, earth is the Lord's. Finish it with me. And the fullness thereof. So the earth is the Lord's. So the sinners have no right to the earth. Even the righteous, we, we're, on a, we're on a plan. Right now, the earth lease is fulfilled. In our generation, it got fulfilled. There's a 2,000-year earth lease. Uh, there's seven years, and in, in the year of rest, the seventh year is started now. We have the two years of Adam to Abraham and 2,000 years from Abraham to, well, y'all know it. To Jesus, 2,000 years from Jesus to now, and now we're in the seventh year. That's what it is. The 7,000 years, where 1,000 years is as a day. So uh, the earth lease is fulfilled. It's not the same. If it ever was wrong, it's not the same now. Uh, God's sons and daughters are in charge. The devil is not in charge. He had 2,000 years where he could pretty much dance around uh, on our head and, and uh, 
kick us around, but he's out of the lease now. And so when we speak to the mountains, say, be thou removed, that's exactly how it happens. And we speak to money because money doesn't like where it is. It wants justice for its location. And when it's in the hands of the sinner, it's not happy and it crieth out. It crieth out for you and I to come move it. I can move money, but it's going to take seed to sow. I'm going to have to know I have seed where what's the difference between seed and, and the bread. And then I've got to move it. I've got to move it in seed. And the third way we know that God does not steal from the sinner is in Haggai 2.8. And again, I'll just tell you what that says. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts. So nobody has ever had the money. It's his. But God has given access to his money that as stewards, we could treat it like it was ours. You can keep it or you can sow it. You can, you can go to the casino or you can go to a revival. His money is in your hands as a steward and you can do anything you doggone please. Right? But it's in our control. So God gave access to his wealth by agreement. What's his agreement? It's the covenant. It's the new covenant. The finished work. He said, I'm done with it. We, we tied this thing off. Now go get them, tiger. In Deuteronomy 8, verse 17, it says, And thou shalt say in thine heart, My power <laughs> and the might of mine hath, hath, hand hath gotten me this wealth. Y'all remember that in verse 17? And he said, But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he sware unto his fathers, as, as, as it is this day. So even then they were in covenant, weren't they? Amen. Well, the question comes up, and we're almost through, but the question comes in, why, why doesn't God just give it to the righteous and skip this sinner holding it up business? Well, there's some good reasons for that. Uh, one reason is it, it always takes faith to operate in the kingdom. And if you just gave it to us, guess what we would do? We'd do pretty much what the sinner does. But when we have to get in faith about it, we faith agrees with heaven. Faith gets the purposes of heaven. Faith follows through. I wish he'd use angels, but he uses us. Praise the Lord. So uh, two differences between sinners and believers, two major differences besides all the spiritual ones, is that if you'll notice sinners, people that don't know God, their goal is to make money. They want to make money. And why do they make money? To make men. They, they like, give me the money. Show me the money so I can be rich and I can acquire and I can, I can hold on to stuff. That's what sinners do is they, they, they get money to make people, to make themselves, to, to give it to their kids and their children. But, but they can't get it done. But what do believers do? We're not after money. Our goal is to build. They're building men, but we're building the kingdom. Amen. So we don't accumulate that much that fast because as soon as we get it, we say, I know what this is for. It's to build the kingdom. Are y'all there? Yeah. Amen. So we use all our money pretty much to build people. 
to build people rather than to make people. We build people. And so until it's time to build, where is that money? Until it's time for you and me to, to get into the position to, to build men, build a church, build the kingdom, what happens? Where is that money? Well, it's in the hands of the sinner. The wealth of the sinner is stored up. That's one thing they do is store up. They accumulate. They like it. Don't touch my stuff. Psalm 104, 24 says, O Lord, how manifold are thy works. In wisdom hast thou made them all. The earth is full of thy riches. Thy riches. 105, 37 says, He brought them forth also with silver and gold. What, what's the rest of it say? And there was none feeble person among their tribes. Isn't that amazing? The wealth of the wicked was in the hands of the Egyptians until it was Sinara time. Adios. Exodus 11, 2 says, Speak now in the ears of the people and let every man borrow of his neighbor. I looked up that word borrow and it can be translated borrow, but it's got a whole bunch more versions that say the definition is instead of every man borrow, it's request, demand, require. So they didn't say, can I give you a note here and pay you back on monthly terms? I'll. And every woman of her neighbor, jewels of silver and jewels of gold. And in that same Exodus in chapter 12, verse 35, it says, And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses, and they borrowed, they requested, they demanded, they required of the Egyptians jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they lent, they surrendered, to unto them such thing as they required. And here it is. And they spoiled the Egyptians. I used to have a fundraiser business in West Texas when we had Christian school, and I called it the Egyptian Plundering Service. <laughs> EPS. I was plundering the Egyptians with pecan rolls. Hallelujah. <laughs> I've always been this way. If y'all are wondering if something came on me, I've always been this way. Job 27, 13. This is the portion of a wicked man with God. Now that'd be interesting. And the heritage of oppressors which they will receive of the Almighty. Though he heap up silver as the dust and prepare raiment as the clay, he may prepare it, but the just shall put it on and the innocent shall divide the silver. Are y'all convinced? I'm excited. Because I'm going to, what's that first scripture we looked at? I'm going to believe there's a fulfillment of the things that are spoken to me from the Lord. I am on this, and I was already on this, but I'm on this. My stuff is crying out for me to come get it and to put it in the kingdom. Proverbs 28, 8 says, He that by usury, that'd be charging interest, wouldn't it? And unjust gain increases his substance, but he shall gather it for him that will pity the poor. So you see in here there's a transaction. The wicked keep it. They hold on to it. They buy stuff that, that promotes them. We sometimes are challenged to get an accumulation because the kingdom comes by. Debbie'd get two or three hundred dollar bills for her birthday every year from relatives or whatever. And, 
and I'd, I, it was bar none. I'd see her go to church. And so I say, what happened after church? She said, the Lord knew where my $100 bills were. <laughs> and she would put them in. And well, we've all done that, haven't we? Praise God. Uh, so we're going to reject the stereotype of the rich that the church has put out there. That God wants you humble and therefore he wants you poor. That is not what the word says. You can't find it anywhere, actually. You can't find it anywhere. You have to cobble a bunch of mess together to do that. So uh, the truth is, here's the truth. The church has, has lied against who is holding our money. The, the rich are not stingy and selfish. There are a few of them, but there's a few Christians that are stingy and greedy. Y'all say amen. amen. If you weren't, if you aren't, you maybe you were. So actually the opposite is true. They're not stingy and selfish because they don't mind $2 going out the door. Whereas the people that are poor are watching every dime and dollar. How much did you put on that table for a tip? A dollar? Let's think about that. Uh, the rich are not greedy. Actually, unless they're afraid of poverty, I'm down to my last $10,000, what are we going to do? They're not. They're, they're not that way. But they are holding what is ours. The rich are often very generous. Now see, that's a bubble blower. Popper. Whatever you say about bubbles, I don't know. So the truth is, and I'm finished with this, there is no shortage of money. Money is everywhere. You go, well, it's not in my hands. Well, who can change that? I can. They've got my stuff. My money is crying out, saying, I want to be in Michael's checkbook or billfold or purse or whatever, whatever we have. I want to be in there because I want to serve God. I belong to him. I belong to him. And I don't like being in the in the building, in the casino, in the racetrack of the of the center or whatever they do, the mansion or whatever. Doesn't mean you can't have a mansion. It just means there's a big flow all around any accumulation you have. There's a flow there and there's a purpose for every accumulation that you have. Sometimes you got to put some money back in order to make a to buy something or to move something or to fund something. So I wrote down. Uh. Oh, it's in, I wrote down in Luke 9, 43. Let me, let me read this one scripture to you. Are y'all still okay? Yeah, it's not even 8 o'clock yet. I know it's 7, 5, 9, but it's not 8 o'clock. <laughs> and they were all amazed, Luke 9, 43. They were all amazed at the mighty power of God. Amen. I pray we never are not that people. But while they wondered, everyone, while they wondered, Everyone at all things which Jesus did, he said unto his disciples, let these things, let these sayings sink down into your ears. So let's put our hand on the heart and say, let, let these things that were said unto me sink down into my ears and never leave me. Now, I know this is just one part of the gospel. I know it's just one part of that part of the gospel. And we've heard lots of gospel about prosperity, but it's the truth. And the truth is 
We've all got a testimony of it. Don't tell me you don't believe and then be hiding a testimony when God fished you out, bailed you out, pulled you through. And then on top of that, when it wasn't even an emergency, just blessed you on top of it. Every, every person in the house could put up both hands and say, it happened to me. We've been delivered. And it's his will. It's his plan. But the, the challenge is, is that we would be so encumbered with life. In the world, you'll have tribulation. That we'd be so encumbered with life, just distracted, that we never did really have time. Even chasing money, even chasing funding, even chasing to get everything paid that we would not stop our lives and say, let these sayings sink down into my ears. It's an investment. Now, the word says in James, for him to, that knows to do good and does it not, for him it's sin. So it's not enough, it's not enough to be willing for the Lord to show you his plan. Let me say it again. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not right for you to say, well, if he wants to show me something, I'm okay with that. That's not right. Everything in the kingdom is based on pursuit. The casual, the casual observer gets nothing. Don't don't say I'm a little widow woman or I, I'm homeless or I I don't have a job or I'm wounded and injured and I can't do this. Neither. No. Everyone in here has a seat. Has a seat. I'm not I wish I wasn't taking an offering. I wish because it sounds like I should have I should have received the offering first because it sounds like we're going to take do this to take that. But we're not those people. Amen. Amen. So I am pursuing the whole assignment, not just today. Well, I need to eat today. I don't have I don't have any seeds. So I need to eat, which translates I need to make the car payment or I need to, you know, save up for the light bill and whatever. And so I wrote down, Michael, have you asked the Lord about his strategies and plans for you? Because. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of the things that were spoken to her from the Lord. Blessed. So I'm on it. You want to be on it with me? Amen. That word that was in James that was about his, uh, uh, what was it, the, uh, the, the God of Sabaoth? It was military. Boy, you hardly ever see that in the New Testament. Where, where God's kind of riled up, or not riled up, but that he's, he's ready. I, I kind of want to get behind him on that. I kind of like that, where he's like, hey, shorty, you ready for this? Let's go. I got I to do some things in your life. You're way behind, Michael. You're way behind. I say, yes, sir, but I'm ready to go. Amen. Amen. All right.